Welcome to the Dota Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. Today is our 61st episode and we continue our focus on the impact that data breaches have on individuals. Our stories today involve an NHS worker, gun owners and users of WhatsApp. Do you reckon 15 minutes is going to be enough to cover everything, Kelly? Don't know, it might be touch and go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will kick us off with the story that we found about um, an NHS worker who has recently been awarded some compensation for the fact that her data was accessed by one of her colleagues without having authorization to do so. So the story is that the lady in question was uh, announced to colleagues that she was pregnant and expecting to twins and another colleague on that same day accessed her confidential records and it's believed from the tribunal that that was in order to check whether or not the story was true. Now the individual didn't actually access confidential medical records so didn't actually go into any of the appointment details or anything like that but obviously accessing the database which if that is relating to pregnancy would be enough to confirm by the fact that she was in there what her status was. So the, the individual who's pregnant, you know, obviously was informed of the fact that this access had taken place and was distressed by it, especially as I think that from the story, it sounds like they were friends and she'd believe that she actually didn't really think that her friend believed the fact that she was pregnant. So obviously then her friend has gone down this route and um, accessed information um, to try and confirm the story. From her perspective, she was indicating that she wanted to find her address to send flowers, which never materialised. So the lady who was pregnant has been awarded £10,000 in as a compensation for the distress. And I think, for me, the story just really highlights how you need to think about ensuring people understand what they can and can't access data for. You know, the data that you hold as an organisation will be wide-ranging in what it's for and whether or not different sections of your organisation, different departments of your organisation and people within those departments have a need to see it. And I think it can be, there are some companies that will have sort of very open policies and you know everybody has access to everything. And I think the risk with that is people are human and they will be tempted to look. You know, we've seen that there are people who, you know, will access and try and find out what the salaries of co-workers are. You know, people want to know the juicy information. And I think it's really key that when you're inducting people that you make sure that they understand the nature of the data that they do have access to and the sensitivity and the fact that you can't look at this type of data for those for, for reasons outside of in this case treatment but for the reasons that you're actually collecting it you know if you want to send a colleague flowers because of news go to HR and ask that to be the yeah. case so it comes from from the organization or ask them yourself even if yeah. you want it to be a surprise or bring it into work you know it's that kind of you can't access sensitive data for mundane reasons like i just wanted to find their address one it's probably not that believable anyway you can't access information like that to try and verify stories you know if you don't have a right to see it what are you trying to achieve it's really important that as individual members of staff, you understand why you're accessing data, the reasons that you can see it. And similarly, if you do have access to that privileged information, you don't then share that more widely. So yeah. we've been working, you know, when we used to work in the NHS and, you know, with various uh, clients that we're working at with the moment, some individuals will have access to quite confidential data about people's health, about mm 
things like maybe benefit status, criminal records. There's always the chance, particularly in smaller communities, that somebody you know might appear in that. And it's so important that you then understand the level of confidentiality that even if you meet that person and you know something about them, from the work and the role that you're involved with you don't disclose to them that you know it you don't you know we used to work in the cancer registration service and it was important that if somebody turned up there their records turned up within that if you hadn't been told directly by that person you wouldn't then go and acknowledge or condole Absolutely. sort of give condolences to that individual because they might not want you to know and actually within your role you've got privileged information and you can't act on that in any way other than what it is within the scope of your role. So I think it's really important companies really understand the different nature of the data they're collecting and for majority of companies this will relate to HR information. You know there's health information there, there's pay information there and that's where the most sensitivity is but making sure that that's restricted and only people who have the right to access it can access it. And they know their own responsibilities as individuals there is key because it's two-pronged approach, really, in terms of making sure that it's secure there. Absolutely. I think you want to go in believing that your data is kept safe and secure and that people who might be inquisitive by nature are not going to misuse their privilege to find out information about you. So it's a really interesting story. And, you know, we've seen it uh, quite a few times in the press about in the NHS. And moving on from that story, I think is one where there's a real risk to people harm coming to them in their home. So gun trader data has been shared on in an online uh, CSV file that can be converted into a Google Earth format. There are uh, 111,000 firearm owners in Britain. A animal activist has got hold of this file, converted it into a Google Earth CSV, uploaded it and has encouraged people to contact as many owners as you can in your area, because you'll see that by the map, and ask them if they are involved in shooting animals. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Now, what is truly shocking about some of this is that i mean it's shocking anyway but some of this data is five years old so there may be people whose home has been identified where the gun owner doesn't live there anymore right so you have you have got people who might still reside in their home that have guns and they've been cut they've been told to keep them safe and secure but you will have a number of people that will be in that house that are not gun owners one individual said that actually it wasn't his home that had been identified it was his parents home that had been identified. They're older, they're vulnerable, and there is a risk that people will burglarise these homes to steal the firearm. So, you know, these individuals have no real confidence that they're not going to be targeted. Mm. Uh, And I think, uh, for me, is don't agree with what the animal rights activist has tried to to, to do. The map is very intrusive. A lot of people who thought they might not have been affected have looked at the Google map and realised, oh, whilst you haven't pinpointed my house, because the file happens to have a name, if I've got an idea of your location, I can actually Google your name and I can find out exactly where you are. And that's the, for me, the important element is that you can combine data to really Mm. find out more about these individuals. The file, Google has actually taken this file offline so it's no longer accessible but it has been accessible for a while and people are genuinely concerned that you know they might be targeted the the challenge is what can they do you know their data's already out there somebody already knows that how vigilant can they be especially the poor folk that are not gun owners that live in a house where someone used to live yeah and and obviously they may not be aware of that at all because why would they be exactly 
you know, I think it's one of the things, isn't it, here, you know, it's that I think the first defence is obscurity was in one of the articles that we read mm. and actually that's been taken away now and yeah. so then the fact also then that you've got wrong information and out of date information and for me that's an interesting point as well because I think a lot of people focus on breaches as being that kind of the hack the traditional mm -hmm. hack or data like this being released but actually you know there's other principles within GDPR other than just security mm -hmm. and, and one of those is about accuracy yeah, and, exactly. and keeping data up to date in a way that means that it, it's relevant and if you've got data that's five years out of date and again, I don't know the processes around what's the responsibility of the gun owner to let people know that they've mm -hmm. moved or is it, you know, gun traders have just got these are the people and the, the data that we sold to at the time. Mm -hmm. But it's an interesting it's an interesting point because now you've got people who have nothing to do with guns or gun ownership potentially yeah. being put at risk because their home is on this list and, and actually yeah. the individual who lived there no longer lives there. Yeah, so it's raising the, the awareness that don't just think, like I said, don't just think of hacks as being something that is via a computer, you know, that yes, people have access to data, but the real harm is that someone could come and access your home at any time. You have no idea that your home is going to be targeted. And for some people may not even know that their, their data is out there in, in this format. So it's, it'll be interesting to see. Apparently, there are a number of law firms that are looking around to see if there is a possibility for class action mm -hmm. to bring people together who knows if that will go the way but it could well do and then we could be looking at individuals being able to make claims that's only speculation at the moment only time the other thing that i found interesting was um the sort of the consideration of the use of that data so whilst the animal rights activists has clearly thought that they've got a justification to publish this data in this way actually in terms of what they're doing could be seen as inciting uh, terrorism wasn't violence it? and it could come under the terrorism act of 2008 yeah. and so that's got some pretty severe penalties so i think there's a little caution there to like stop and think obviously you know some people will have causes that they're very passionate about but i think it's you always always must stop and think about the impact you're going to have on other individuals if you think yeah. you're being clever with data and their personal information no matter what your cause yeah i mean there are some pretty big agencies looking into this so mm -hmm. the person that has uploaded this i'm sure they are have been identified or got an idea of who they are then the, the final story really for today is um, something that recently been published that the Irish Data Protection Commissioner has issued the second biggest fine for under GDPR of 225 million euros to WhatsApp. Now, we've talked about WhatsApp in the past. Facebook have been under a lot of scrutiny who are the overall owner uh, of WhatsApp. They are uh, being fined by the Irish Commissioner because they are headquartered in Europe, in Ireland. Therefore, the Irish Data Commissioner took the lead role in this and was acting on behalf of a number of European supervisory authorities. Their original report was felt to be too low a number, the initial fine, and they were told to increase it because of the severity of what they felt the breach was. So it has been uh, increased fourfold. So wow. Yeah, and the main challenges of this actually that WhatsApp were not transparent in their privacy notice to individuals. So they have been brought up on the transparency and the informing individuals about how their data is going to be used. As you know, we are very vocal about the importance of having accurate privacy policies. And in this respect, they said that, that WhatsApp did not, were not clear 
in the list of purposes and the legal basis for what they were processing when it comes to WhatsApp uh, data and that they did not inform the subjects of their legitimate interests of itself, of its third parties. Mm -hmm. So again, you'll see a lot of people just throw out legitimate interests uh, as a reason without explaining what the act legitimate even interest is so it's we don't have a lot of time to go through it today we'll spend another session on this in the future but the key message is is that it's not a data breach it's a breach of the regulation that has been that the company has been fined for Mm -hmm. and i think it's important to people realize it's not just data breaches that you can get fined for it is a significant chunk of change but regardless of the the sum if you're not being transparent with people they may complain and it, the commissioner may take it seriously and act upon that complaint. Now, who's to say if it will actually be 225 million euros that are paid out? Yeah, it after sort of the previous sort of fines that were given that kind yeah. of got reduced down. Yeah. I, it will definitely be challenged for sure. Oh, yeah. The law firms that are going to be defending this, I am sure, mm-hmm. are going to make their money's worth in this. And they will be able to negotiate down, which we have seen on time and time again. But yeah, it's a significant fine. And we'll be interested to see what else the Irish Commissioner does because it's the first fine that she's issued in three years. That's my story done. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. As predicted, those 15 minutes flew by, but some interesting and quite differing stories there to think about and pull out the different points around data and data protection. So if you've got any news or topics that you'd like us to discuss, please do get in touch with us on coffee at dbxuk.com. Thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we look forward to welcoming you again next week for more stories about the world of data and data protection. (music) 